This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Back to another episode of the Real Down. I'm Brad Hicks, and today we got a uh, announcement. Uh, unfortunately, John's not going to be with us anymore doing this segment because he had uh, some time commitment. He's a real busy guy, so uh, we we had to find somebody else to fill in with fill in for him. So uh, we'd like to introduce you guys to Sam Jones. How you doing, Sam? Doing well, doing well, man. Excited awesome. to be on here. Yeah, dude, we're real excited for you to be on here. Brian mentioned your name when we uh, were talking about who we wanted to bring on. He mentioned your name. I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that guy. He does pretty well in the uh, Central uh, Central Trail and the Pro Tour and all that kind of stuff. So we're excited, dude. Yeah, man, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time, you know. Uh, I've been uh, listening to the podcast for a while, and I've been on a guest, been a guest on there, and excited to be a part of the team now. So, uh we're gonna have some fun, and we got a we got a pretty big guest to kick this thing off tonight. So that's gonna be fun. We do, man. We do. We got Clint Henderson, a FLW KBF winner, man. So that's gonna be real fun. But let's get to a little introduction about you. I know every time we do a, a new segment, we usually uh, introduce ourselves, tell tell uh, the listeners uh, what all we're involved in, what kind of kayak you're fishing out of, all that kind of stuff. So. Let, let, I don't know, just give an overview of yourself, I guess, for the so the listeners know who you are. A little about you, about Sam Jones, huh? 
Yep. All right. Cool. Well, so like you said, you know, I fished the Central Trail, KBF Central Trail, and the Pro Tour uh, out of the Central Region. I also fished both the FLW Open and FLW Cup, where you know Mr. Henderson kicked my butt. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I fish out of a bona fide SS one twenty seven. Um, hey, I have been. I do too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Team bona fide. Um, I have been, I've been kayak fishing for just over a year. Um, just over a year, actually. I've been fishing my whole life. Obviously I've, I've always been an outdoorsman Mm -hmm. and obsessed with the sport of bass fishing since about the age of 14. I started tournament fishing shortly after that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just been one of those things. It's always been a part of my life and I can't imagine it ever not being, um, I fished in everything from, you know, bank fishing uh, to tubes, every kind of watercraft you can think of. I've owned boats, John boats and bass boats. And, uh, you know, just recently got into the kayak thing and I love it. The The community is amazing. The atmosphere around the tournament is awesome. And I really just enjoy fishing out of the kayak. And I can't imagine going back to anything else you know i may own a boat at some point but i will probably primarily always fish out of a kayak did you ever fish out of a boat before yeah you mentioned you mentioned flw so yeah yeah i've I've fished some flw events i've fished local club and team events uh you know and some other opens and stuff like that and i've i've fished all over the country too um you know i lived out in arizona for a little while lived in tennessee i've traveled Mm. a lot of places uh, to fish. So, um, yeah, used to fish from the boat and made the switch. So, uh, where are you from originally? Originally from Indiana. Um, okay. I, I moved around a little bit, came back to Indiana with the family and, uh, we're here for now. We'll see. Awesome. Uh, was the uh, Bonafide SS-127 your first kayak? It was. I mean, I'd fished out of other kayaks, like borrowed and rented and stuff like that. But uh, the first yeah. one I ever owned was the SS-127. And really, it was the only one. It, that kayak is probably what got me into the sport. Because mm-hmm. I had seen other kayaks. But it wasn't until that came out and I was just like, man, that looks really cool. It looks comfortable. You know, I started reading reviews and watching reviews on it and talking to guys that had it. And, you know, everyone who had it loved it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to do this because it's something I've been thinking about for a long time. Heck, I've known Chad since before, like when all this began. I was actually mm-hmm. a neighbor of Chad's. Basically, we both lived in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Ran into That's him crazy. all the time at the gas station, you know, talked about it. Um, you know, talked about a show all the time. So I've been following the kayak thing for a long, long time, but I just never pulled the trigger and I don't know why I can't honestly tell yeah. you why, because I wish I would have 10 years ago, you know, uh, yeah. but I finally did it when the Bonafide came out. I got excited about that. Went to uh, moving water outfitters. It's a local shop here in Indianapolis, uh, actually Zionsville, but North side of Indy. And uh, they hooked me up. Got me everything I needed right there, one stop, one shop, and I was on the water the next day. Never looked back. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I've been kayak fishing for 
five or six years now. So you're already killing it one year in, man. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I don't know if I would say I'm killing it, but you know, I have some experience in the fishing in the fishing game and, and, yeah. and doing tournaments. So it is definitely different fishing from a kayak and I'm still I'm still learning my way in that realm. Um but yeah. It's been good. It's been good. Good stuff. Well, I think that's a pretty good introduction, man. So I get everybody familiar with you and uh, know who you are. So we got uh, Clint Henderson coming up. He won the FLW KBF Cup last weekend. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. All right, guys, we have uh, Clint Henderson here with us. He won the FLW KBF Cup. How are you doing, Clint? I'm good. Very good. How are you guys? I'm doing good. Uh, so uh, let's get it. Let's get a uh, let's get into this a little bit, man. Uh, tell the listeners uh, a little bit about yourself. Okay, um, Clint Henderson. I'm from Rome, Georgia. Uh, I'm on New Canoe National Pro Staff. Uh, I got. Uh, um, I guess y'all saw. I celebrated my 17th wedding anniversary on Saturday. Yeah. When I was holding the trophy up out there, that's awesome. <laughs> Married to my high school sweetheart. Uh, we got two boys that are 11 and 13, and uh, luckily they both enjoy fishing too. So we uh, we do a bunch of kayaking and fishing as a family. So, so how, how did how did you get away with going uh, fishing a tournament during your <laughs> wedding anniversary weekend? <laughs> I don't think either of us really realized it until I was already out in Arkansas. <laughs> oh okay <laughs> like hey by the way this weekend is the 10th uh august 10th and that's that's the anniversary <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> luckily that's uh uh yeah it was a i saw where she had posted that uh it was the best anniversary present ever while i was out there so uh it worked out wow that's, that's awesome. awesome had yeah. i not won i don't know what i would have been returning home to <laughs> right, right. Makes it different when you're bringing home the hardware and the cash, right? No, so that, I guess so it take me out on a date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that begs the question. Like, so the the cash, man, you going on a big uh, wedding anniversary vacation or what? I'm sure we'll use, yeah, at least a portion of it to do something for yeah, ourselves. You better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you better. Awesome. Well, congrats on that win, dude. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's still, I mean, it still hadn't registered or settled in. I mean, I, it's it's unbelievable. Oh, I believe it. So, uh, we talk a little bit about tournaments on this uh, segment and just like your me mental preparation and all this other kind of stuff in this whole segment. So, th this is what it's all about. We like to give uh, lo local trails and other other smaller trails uh the recognition uh, in in hopes of like growing the sport and you know giving all these other anglers some spotlight so you have any little uh tournament trails that you uh participate in down there i do uh the very first one i ever fished was real crazy kayak anglers uh here locally in floyd county that's uh r-e-e-l-k-r-a-z-y mm -hmm. and uh Later on, I did some uh, Peach State kayak angler events, too. Uh, both of those are really big in me getting started out. And later, I founded uh, Fishers of Men Kayak Fishing, 
tournament series and we have those every monday night here at rocky and uh actually got some guys going to start up some more chapters of that uh this next year so be looking out for those um, i think i've heard about heard about that one before yeah we just do we do a little evening tournament and then we meet back up and do a devotional before we have awards and it's a good time of fellowship and and fishing it's really good that's awesome so you want to go into uh, some past successes of yours? I, how many tournaments you won? I know you uh, placed second in 2016 national championship, right? That's right. Uh, that was so the year before that in real crazy. Uh, they had all a bunch of them had went to the open, the you know the open they had up there before they had a championship on Kentucky Lake, and. You know, those guys came back just talking about how awesome it was, you know, how much they loved that time up there and how great of a tournament it was. And so, you know, I was like, well, I don't need to miss the, the first ever national championship then. So the top 10 that year in points qualified to go up there. So I went all in and, and tried for that angle of the year, ended up second. Um, I missed one event that year that really hurt me. I missed getting points at it. And, uh, mm-hmm. but it qualified me, you know, there, real crazy qualified me to go up there and uh and fish that first ever championship and uh, y'all probably heard by now uh i had the fish to win that thing and real Mm -hmm. crazy was a little bit lenient on pictures at the time so i wasn't you know uh expert at taking fish pictures yet you know and kbf i hadn't really looked at things close enough i didn't realize how big of a deal it was you know and i didn't have two mouths slammed shut they were cracked. I mean, like they were cracked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the duck quarter inch a piece. I lose by a quarter. And, uh, yeah. That's yeah, crazy. It was, a, it was a heartbreaker. But it's still a good time. And like I've said on other interviews, I couldn't have lost a better man because Matt Ball has done an amazing job carrying yeah. the, you know, carrying the banner. And uh, he's a chaplain now for KBF, and he's just he's doing he's done a great job. And he was my biggest supporter, my biggest fan out there this past weekend. You know, he was mm-hmm. rooting for me and, and hoping that it would end up me beating him by a quarter inch out there for that. <laughs> and it turns yeah. out we came pretty close to doing that because he lost a big fish on day two that would have put him right neck and neck with me. Oh, this past weekend? Yeah, we figured that oh, out check uh, in while we were standing there talking about it because I was looking for him hard because I was like, he was only an inch behind me yesterday. He's probably got fish to beat me and uh i finally found him and he only had four fish and i was like wow i may have actually won this <laughs> one but uh yeah so i that 2016 uh second place and then uh you had some good success in the online challenges uh i'm usually good for one statewide win there a year uh i can usually pull off one of those and i went all in you know after doing well and real crazy doing well at that first national tournament. I went, you know, I decided to go all in on KBF too and try for their angler of the year. And I think I ended time I made the inaugural 10. I kind of got like a, you know, a storyboard here of first this, mm-hmm. first that, first that. I guess I'm pretty good at the first ever things because <laughs> you know, I get second in the first ever <laughs> national championship. I make the inaugural 10. I win the first ever FLW Cup, so... <laughs> I got a pretty good string going there. So if somebody has something that's first ever, I'm gonna jump in there on it. <laughs> so Thank I, I think I yeah. yeah, I made I made that ten, the inaugural ten. That was an awesome experience too. And oh uh, yeah, 
I, you know, all those guys that were there at that, that was the ones that were serious about it. And mm-hmm. you know, we were all neck and neck battling it out. Those guys are my barometer now when I go to a national tournament. Like, that's the first thing I look for on the leaderboard is those nine guys that I was down there with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I respect Definitely. all of them. They're all great fishermen. And, you know, it either I see where I, where I was at that weekend and what I needed to do different or, you know, if I, if I outplace all of them, then, you know, I, I, that's where I want to be. But um, so did that. And then uh, the next year, I think the biggest thing I did, uh, I was 2017 Georgia state champion mm-hmm. and we, we have like six or seven, uh, real crazy and peach state being two of them that come together to crown the state champ every year here in Georgia. So, uh, I won that in 2017 and, um, uh, let's see 2018 is when we bought we mo- we actually moved in 2018, bought a house, and I started a new job in August. Um, I just just had my one year anniversary uh, at my new job, and uh, okay. so I didn't get to do quite as much in 2018 as I had in years past. Yeah, and, you know, kind of life happened, that kind of thing. But uh, this year, you know, I told my boys before this year that. I was going to step back away from some of it anyway, because it was too many events. Like it was getting, mm-hmm. you know, I, I laid out real crazy peak state and KBF trails before this year, like in January. And I was like, there's no way, like something's got to give, something's got to go. And yeah. so I, you know, I kind of made the promise to them before this year that I was just going to focus on this championship stuff, you know, national, national level stuff. And, focus more on their stuff They're, you know, they do Southeastern youth kayak fishing and, uh, okay. they do really well, really well with that. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, let's get into uh mental prep for tournaments. Uh, do you have some sort of routine that you go through before a big tournament like the FLW cup? Oh, for sure. Um, Katy Perry roar. <laughs> Uh, Rocky Four soundtrack. Those, those are my jams. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've, I've heard that. I've heard those songs before, so I can understand. <laughs> it was, it was, it's weird, you know. That year that I was up there getting ready for that when I was pre-fishing, I went by myself, solo, just kind of snuck out of town, went up there and pre-fished for that thing, and called it a giant. Felt really good. Still had a day left that I had. I think I had a four-day weekend, so I'd fished three days. And uh, the morning of that fourth day, I was primitive camping by myself. It was cold. I slept in the truck that night. It was so cold. I cranked the truck, and that song's playing. I never really even listened to that song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the Roar song. It is playing, and I'm listening to the lyrics. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I am the champion. I was like, I'm, I'm good. I found enough here. So I, I, I hit the road and headed home and didn't even fish that last day. I was like, I'm just going to go see the boys and spend time with family on this other day off. And uh, I almost pulled it off. You know, it almost really was my song that year. But yeah, it's kind of become my jam. <laughs> That's awesome. But I, uh, That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, made, I made Jim Ware. We traveled together out there. I made him endure that song two or three times on this trip. 
especially afterwards. We had it pretty loud. <laughs> Does he appreciate it as much as you do? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, as far as mental prep, yeah, that, uh, now I have to get in that zone. Like I was talking earlier about how, um, I wrestled in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brothers were both wrestlers. Uh, one was a state champion. The other was second and third. And then I was fourth my senior year. And I find myself still doing that today, like getting there competitively. Cause I was telling Jim while we were out there on this trip, I'm like, that's the only way I know to compete is to hate the other person because that's what you had to do in wrestling. Like if you didn't step out there hating that guy and wanting to hurt him and pin him, it's going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's how I compete. And I had missed that for a few years after graduating high school until I found this, you know, competitive kayak fishing. I love the competitive part of it. You know, some people don't care for it, but I love it. You know, it was something I had been missing mm-hmm. for years. And, uh, so sorry if I ever like hate on you a little bit on social media. It's probably just me trying to get myself, <laughs> get my mind right. <laughs> I mean, you probably won't ever be on the same stage anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> if you're listening, you have been warned. <laughs> so, yeah, have you and Sam met each other in in person? I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think so. No, I don't. I'm sure we've been in the same same areas and same groups but i don't know that we've ever uh shook hands uh okay. to be honest so because i'm you know like i said i've i've only been doing the kayak side of things for about a year and mm-hmm. i'm fishing central so the only two places that we would have you know been yeah. uh, around each other would have been at the open and here at the cup and so um you know at the cup he was in the winner circle and I was in the. I wish I was a winner circle. So we we didn't really we didn't really meet up. <laughs> look, look at him. He's laughing. He's like, I took your money. Oh yeah, yeah. He, t- yeah. he took five bones, dude. Like yeah. That was amazing. It was an amazing weekend. It was amazing just being there. The electricity and the atmosphere. It was. I don't know. I mean, had I not gone on the stage. I want to say it would have still been worth the money just to yeah. be there and experience it, just to be in that moment. I mean, it's definitely awesome to be on the stage. It's definitely awesome to win it, but just mm-hmm. being there, man, was man, it was it was neat. I can't well, wait. To, I, I, I can wait tell you from that. from the other side of things, it was still definitely worth being there, and it was definitely worth dealing with the heat and the tough conditions because. It was something awesome. You know, I don't know, Clint or Brad, you know, if you guys have been, you know, into the into the bass boat side of things and watching FLW and bass, what I have since I can remember. And yep. it's always been a dream of mine to walk on that stage. Mm-hmm. And so to be that close and not and not get to go on that stage, especially after having what I felt was a fairly decent practice that gave me a, where I would have had a shot um it was tough it was tough but at the same moment like i was so proud to be sitting there amongst guys like this caliber of anglers and you know to just see kayak fishing getting that kind of recognition and on that kind of a platform and it was so exciting to think Mm -hmm. 
what's getting ready to happen. And, you know, it, it's just, it's, this is just the beginning, just the beginning. And it's, it's amazing. Like, I told somebody the other day, I'm kind of almost kicking myself for winning the first one because there's no telling what it's going to pay next year. Oh yeah. And that's, that's hard true. to repeat. <laughs> there ain't no that's telling true. where it's going. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a, there's a couple guys that have been, been fighting for the repeat on the bass boat side for a while now, Scott Martin. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a guy right there, you know, has been fighting for it but uh it's never yeah. happened too right not it's on never FLW. happened there's there's yeah. not a there's not a two-time flw cup champion um now on the bass side of things bass you know uh bassmaster classic there are but yeah, yeah flw's never had a repeat cup champion so mm-hmm. uh we'll see next year could be you i'll be there <laughs> that'd be awesome so uh, we're all talking about this uh, atmosphere thing of being there. Did did you did you know you're in first, go, like going toward the end of the tournament, or were you surprised when they called your name? I was surprised all the way up to the end. Um, mm-hmm. I knew I won it when they called out the link for the second place guy when he walked up. Uh, no, they did an awesome job of, of concealing it. I, I, I saw that, like, my last fish that won it, the mm-hmm. 19 and a quarter, I call them day two, I caught it, like, a few minutes before the hour that the leaderboard would be cut off. Mm-hmm. And I submitted it, like, right there when they cut it off, I submitted it. So I saw my name up top. But, I no, I had been in my head and had figured, you know, Eric Jackson had 98 on day one. Yeah. He needs, like, five twelves to take this thing home. So no, I just just because I saw my name, I felt good. I was like, okay, that's good. But no, I did not think I had it won and I did not know for sure until they called out second place. It was so, a, a few few hours of turn it, uh, it was rough. <laughs> I, I believe it, man. I can only imagine though. So uh, what was it like walking on that stage after they called you up? Oh, it was electric. Well, first of all, I'm standing there and Chad gets to talking about me and he's getting choked up. And I'm like, stop, man. I'm kind of holding it together at this point. Like, <laughs> right. I want to walk up there like a little crying baby. <laughs> yeah. But, it, man, it, he, he had prepped us pretty good backstage, you know, and, and talked to us all as one uh, about what the champs should do. And luckily, a, a little bit of it sunk in. So I didn't totally freeze up and. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's let's talk about that for a second because for those that haven't and I broadcasted it live on my Facebook. So if anybody wants to, you know, send me a friend request and uh watch it live. Yep, there's the trophy. You know, so for those that weren't there though, that was kind of a special moment between you and Chad. You know, and 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 Chad's someone who is not afraid to to show emotion and you know to wear his heart on his sleeve but yeah that was kind of a special moment so talk about that for except for a second and kind of what that meant to you and kind of that that background between you and him and and what led to that moment um like i told y'all um i think probably almost everybody in KBF has been pulling for me 
since 2016 because they all saw yeah. the defeat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they, it, it, I'm not going to lie, it hurt, but uh, I think they've all been pulling for me since then. And, you know, we've had, we've talked uh, at length on the phone about, you know, stuff that's went on with KBF. And, uh, you know, I've tried to, I've tried to give my input and uh, it, uh, you know, I, I'm always, I'm always sure to thank them, you know, for all the hard work they put into all this after everyone I go to, you know, whether I place or not, you know, cause it's always a good experience and uh, cause they do, they do a lot of hard work, you know, they mm-hmm. put a lot of hours into this thing for us to be able to go out there and, and kayak fish people just don't realize how much they pour into it and i'm appreciative of that and i always have been i think he appreciates that and uh, you know i think we just have some connections that you know we don't got to spend a whole lot of time on the water together yet but mm-hmm. there's a lot more there you know i can't wait to do that um but uh yeah that was it about got me yeah <laughs> It was, it was now got me call. too, and I wasn't even up there. <laughs> yeah, that's the, you know, awesome. he he told me after day one, uh, just in passing after checking in on day one, he he said, "Go smash him tomorrow. You got this." And awesome. so I I tried my best to go do that. <laughs> <laughs> and you did, man. So that's awesome. I needed that. I needed that because I'm like, hey, <laughs> you saw what Eric Jackson turned in, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. That that was impressive, man. I but like, I feel like I was on fish almost that good. Not quite that good, but almost. Because I, I left some bites out there on day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could have been over 90 inches on day one if I'd have boated all my fish. It, you had 81 and a quarter the first day? Yeah. Okay. I had a couple so, that were pretty small. And they, you know, I could have cooled big time with a 19, yeah. 20-inch fish. Well, let's talk about that, that strategy a little bit in a two-day tournament. Right. So in a two day tournament on a lake that was fishing fairly tough, you know, for the condi- with the conditions that we had, um, how did you how did you game plan that going in, you know, with practice? And then did you stick to the game plan or did it change? Uh, so we did a me and Jim Ware, uh, I told you all we traveled out there together. Um, and we've been talking back and forth about this thing, sending each other screenshots, sharing links of videos, you know, sharing map screenshots for months and months and months now leading up to this thing. And, uh, we, uh, so we get out there and we start, I'm pretty sure we found the exact brush pile that Clint Davis won his, caught his kicker fish on to win last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's one of the good things about FLW. There's a lot of archive stuff, <laughs> and the cup the cup had been there multiple times. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. But we ended up not even fishing that area because we found something better. Um, I felt I felt pretty good after pre-fishing that first area. You know, it was offshore brush piles. It was Clint Davis's winning pattern from last year. It was his area. I know for sure. Um, I caught. See, my best fish up there was an 18, but he had five others chasing him, trying to get the spook from him. I could have caught some fish out there. I think it would have really been a grind, and I think mm-hmm. that 
uh, it would have been tough to get two limits up there. Um, I think I, know, I may have may have smashed them. I don't know. But so our main drive, we primitive camped up there on the north side of the lake that first night. I drained all my batteries, like I was totally out. Couldn't run my depth finder anymore. I'm like we gotta, we gotta go somewhere. Like it, I, I almost died that first day. Heat index <laughs> was like 109. You know, Ooh. I didn't really check the weather all that great. Went out there like a dummy in shorts and a t-shirt instead of <laughs> my instead of my full body Columbia, you know. Long sleeve yeah. and long right. pants, and everything. I had none of that that first day we practiced. And I, it got hot. There was no wind, sun. I got burnt. I, like I went to the truck at lunchtime because I couldn't take any more of it. Like I had gotten in and swam to try to stay out there and fish longer, but I just got too hot and uh, I went back to the truck and ate. So anyway, I say all that to say we needed a shower pretty bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the main drive for circumnavigating the lake to get to uh, a campground that had power and showers. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we did that, and we had you know three or four things, places, areas down on that south side that we checked out or that we had marked on the map, and uh, we go to one of them, and I pedal over to an area that looked really good to me you know contour wise and that screen on that hummingbird just i mean there's fish everywhere i'm like what in the world is going on right here i've never <laughs> wow. seen this many fish on this thing there's no way all this is bass and about that time i lock up on an 18 incher oh, and then nice. I, boat, I boat a 17 and a 15 like easy 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 in 10 minutes i'm like i think all these might be bass <laughs> I mean, because I'm seeing I'm seeing hundreds of fish on my screen. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. uh, hey, uh, Jim, we need to leave this area. Like, we need to go somewhere else. I don't want anybody to see me fishing this or us fishing this. And uh, we stay a little longer. He catches one, and uh, he catches 18. So at that point, I'm like, okay, well, we've got a school of 17-inch eh, average bass. Mm-hmm. I, I feel pretty good about that. There's hundreds. That's awesome. So uh, we, you know, we decided to fish that in the tournament. Uh, it would. I, I've never, like I told them, I've, I've never been set up that good. I've never found anything like that. It was something really special. You know, I, I've seen fish stacked like that here at the house, but uh, mm-hmm. not that many, and uh, not in a big time tournament like this. And we, uh, so we go back and fish it both days of the tournament. It turns out it wasn't all bass. There was. Jim caught six species on day one. There was white bass, channel cat, blue cat, walleye, hmm. spotted bass, largemouth, whites, white bass. I said them already. Yellow bass. There was there was six or seven species of fish, all right there. Sounds That's like uh, my day one. <laughs> was it? Yeah, I went from catching, you know, decent fish and. Uh, in practice yeah. to uh catching everything but a uh a keeper bass you know I, well, I finished i finished day one with two two uh keepers i think my biggest was like 17 and a quarter i caught that in like the first five minutes and then it was just a not a drought because i was catching fish but just the wrong fish right um uh, 
that's that's interesting because I uh, I talked some to Mark Coates. It's uh, on Team New. He's local to the area and been pre-fishing a lot, and that's like his day one. Uh, I saw his post about it. Said, you know, he is catching bass, 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 and then it just turned into all flats on tournament day. Well, so, so that's interesting because that cloud cover. I think yeah. that might have played a part of it because the pocket I was fishing, I didn't catch a single white bass in practice. I had schooling fish um, and fish on the bank. And then the day of the tournament, we had the cloud cover and the whole pocket all at one time. You would have thought somebody turned on a hot tub and it was <laughs> full of white bass. Yeah. Well, I think... Um... That that was a difference, the biggest difference I could see. Um, I think, you know, probably all y'all's fish were still there. They were just locked on bottom. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's how I caught every one of mine. Uh, like I said, Jim was there with me on day one. He caught every species but a bass. And I think he was just fishing barely up in the column to where it couldn't even get to the bass you know a white would grab it before it got to the bass i'm throwing you know three quarter ounce straight to the bottom and yeah. then just keeping it down there on bottom with those bass so i had caught nothing but uh green fish if i would swap so, over and throw something like a fish head or a spoon i'd catch a white but if i kept that lure on bottom i caught nothing but green fish so let's talk about two things, and, and this is going to be kind of a two-part question without giving away the exact area that you're fishing, right? Because you may need to use that area again. Yeah. What What made that area special, in your opinion, that had those fish holding there? And then secondly, how did you come across throwing a three-quarter ounce weight and fishing on the bottom when primarily everyone else was fishing topwater and drop shot from what i've heard uh i did that too um my biggest fish of the tournament that i had locked up was uh on on spook up real shallow like other people were doing i just didn't have enough places to go do it i had one spot close to where those that school was and uh i mean i had one just when i had it for like two head shakes and it was gone i couldn't couldn't do anything but then i caught a 17 and a half on the spook and I missed two other fish on the spook day one. It, it didn't happen at all for me on day two. But, um, so, I mean, I, I was doing some of that too, but then uh, I just, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't drop shot. Yeah. If I can, if I can avoid an open face, I'm going to avoid <laughs> an open face. Day two, I, I had two of them in the boat with me. I was prepared. I had two of them in the boat with me day one. I had a drop shot on, and I think a shaky head. But once I got dialed in on that, the bite, you know, the three-quarter ounce uh, creature bait, uh, day day two, I left the open faces in the truck. I was okay. like, I'm selling out. This is working. I'm selling out on this. It's catching, getting bigger bites. This is what I'm doing. Because I'd rather catch fish on a seven-three seven, medium-heavy bait casting outfit than i ever would oh yeah <laughs> on, the, on the open face that's just not my thing um yeah i like to power fish and you know this that i'm doing is it's power fishing yeah, mm-hmm. it's deep power fishing but um 
Yeah, go ahead. How how, uh, how, uh, how deep were you fishing exactly? They moved a little bit. Uh, I would say average 15 foot, but they're ranging anywhere from 12 to 18. That's where we're catching them. He asked about that spot. Mm -hmm. it, it was a really hard bottom. You know, if you get off of it, it looked like mush on the screen. You know, it's just retail is really soft, but it was a really hard bottom where the fish were. And I think to hold that many fish there had to be something like a spring, underwater spring, uh, because that's that's mm -hmm. where I see them piled up here at home like that. Yeah. It's the only place I've seen fish piled like that is around the spring when it's this hot. Mm -hmm. So, so was I, there? Were they on the transition then? You're talking about the hard to, to that soft bottom. Were they on the transition? They were either directly on the hard bottom or on the drop-off to the river channel, right. the old Arch River channel. They okay. were definitely locked on hard bottom for sure. So, and were you getting bit as soon as that thing hit the bottom or were you having to drag it and work it? I was having to drag it uh, and work it a lot, but it was wild because uh, the whole time you're feeling it come through fish and feeling the feeling them hit the line. Like there was a long time there on day two where they were just negative or it was coming through whites. Mm -hmm. And there were so many fish there, you could feel the line getting popped around. And But then all of a sudden, one would pull down on it and there's a bath. So, I mean, I... Talk about confidence. I mean, I'm like, okay, so I see fish on the graph, a fish on the line. I think there's fish here. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's a special moment when you come across something like that. For that to happen when you're fishing for, you know, one of the biggest trophies we've seen in this in this side of the sport. Damn, it's your time, right? I guarantee you, if summertime tournaments going forward, I will do a lot of offshore riding and graphing oh yeah yeah looking for something like that again <laughs> i uh, spent a lot of time a lot of time this covering water looking for something similar to what you found and i found a couple things but now yeah. i can't say i found anything quite like that right so oh uh, out of my curio curiosity i always like to compare like water temperatures between from where i am in ohio to other places what was the water temperature down there i want to say the surface temp got over 90 that first day we were fishing uh, and i think it was around 88 to 89 in the mornings it was it was hot that's interesting you say that because i i every time i think of a lake down south i i think of hotter water you know what i mean but up here in Ohio, I've fished lakes that have been around the same temperature, 88 degrees, Fourth uh, of July weekend. So that, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, there seems to be kind of a cap. Yeah. Because, I, like, even out in Arizona, I mean, where we have weeks of, huh? um, when we would have weeks of, you know, over 100 degree temperatures. I mean, there seems to be that cap somewhere around that 90 mark where you don't really see it rise too much further hey. than that. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, am I back? Yeah, am you're back? back. Yeah, you froze yeah, for a second, sorry. but you're good. Our internet's terrible here. We've got a, a, a house call come in and just kill everything. 
<laughs> we got it unplugged now. Which should be good going forward. It should be good. Where were we? <laughs> no, I, I, me and me and Sam was just talking about uh, kind of the water temperature between like different places compared to where we're from. So, and I I, I was saying that. Uh, I, I fished lakes around the uh, Fourth of July weekend that were 88 degrees up in Ohio. So it's kind of interesting comparing the two from Arkansas to Ohio. Right. So I, I don't remember. Like I said, I have to look back at those screenshots and see what it got up to because I'm sure it got up there. It, it was hot. Yeah, but, I think uh, the warmest I saw was like 91. Right. Uh, and that was like so you, you know said, late in the afternoon. When you step in those shallows, some places like launching, it's like ah, it like almost sends your foot. It's so it feel like real hot bath water. <laughs> yeah, terrible. But then you gotta think, you know, you're fishing. I was fishing at least 15 foot deep. Yeah, it's pretty cool down there. Yeah, bass are in a good mood. Yeah, I always, I, I, that always uh, uh, spikes my curiosity. Also, like temperature in between layers of water, you know. Yeah. I don't know much about it, but I don't know if you have anything to chime in on with, with that or not. Uh, well, so there's either there's two things bass are going to do in the summer because uh, they're going to seek out cool water if there's cool water available. Mm-hmm. They're either going to go deep or they're going to go up in a little spring-fed creek. Mm-hmm. Like To me, that's the two places to look for them. That's where... Eric Jackson found his fish was way at the back of a creek, I'm pretty sure. You know, and it had to be like a little spring-fed creek, and it draws them like a magnet, uh, like a spring will do, because that cool yeah. water coming up in there. They're, they're a lot like us, you know. If you don't have to sit out in the heat, you're not going to. You know, if you've got an air-conditioned house to get in, you're going to get in there. Yeah. <laughs> I like to compare myself to them a lot <laughs> to try to figure out which way they're facing and what they're going to want to eat. Yeah. They want to be comfortable. They want to have, you know, like I said, at that spot, they had a hard bottom, a soft bottom. There was cover. Uh, there was bait. You know, being the depth it was, there was cool water. So, I mean, they had everything they wanted up there. Yeah. So, uh, let's go back into uh, your tournament days a little bit. I know uh, a lot of guys were talking about the having a uh, struggling quite a bit throughout that whole tournament the bite just wasn't as good as they thought it was going to be I, did i um, i guess did you uh did you have any struggles throughout those two days i mean uh it got tough for me on day two yeah. well right. other other than you losing a couple fish the first days your 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 second day was a little tougher it was a lot tougher. Like I was worried for the longest time that uh, I wasn't going to put a limit together. I had a I had a twelve and a half incher flop off the board um, mm-hmm. early in the day, and I was really kicking myself over that fish for a while because I was like, man, I would have had my limit a while back, but it delayed me getting a five fish limit for like uh, at least two hours. Um, I. I felt like I caught them pretty quick and early on day one. And then things changed and uh, it uh, I didn't get my fifth fish until 1130 on day two. 
and that was like an hour and a half left to fish. And then I caught a, a upgraded, caught that winning fish with an hour left, 30 minutes later. So it was a grind on day two. It was definitely a grind. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I knew a lot, a lot of guys struggled both days. So pretty yeah, awesome. I mean, you have pretty, you have some pretty prominent names that didn't get a five fast limit on, yeah. on day two. It was, uh, it was tough. You had some prominent very... names that didn't put a fish on the board. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Not to say they aren't there, you know, because it's a good fishery. I mean, it's loaded with fish, but it, oh, it, yeah. it got tough. It got tough. I can only imagine what that thing produces in the spring and in the fall. Mm. Oh, they say 25 to 30 is easy. 25 to 30 pound sack, easy. Yeah. I mean, that's just, a, that's just an unreal fishery. And, you know, we hit it at a tough time. And quite yeah. honestly, that's probably when we should be there, you know. Right. Obviously, it'd be a lot more fun to go out there and just crush them and have big sacks. But you want to talk about, you know, making it a true challenge for some of the best anglers I feel in the nation. You go somewhere like that when it's tough. But, yeah, yeah. they've got the, the big bass grand slam or whatever it is, the big bass bash going there, you know, here in a yeah. couple months. I mean, that, that's a stout fishery, and I look forward to going back. And honestly, I want to go back for a fun trip, you know, in, in the spring or fall because it, it was a beautiful lake, and uh, you can tell those fish are healthy in there. Yeah. Sure. Hey, you talked about uh, wanting some of these uh, bigger-name guys uh, up for a, a challenge like that, man. They need to come out to some of these lakes in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, the fishing's fish. tough here. Is it? Fish Indiana yeah. or Ohio. I think Indiana is probably one of the toughest states to fish. But the thing about Ohio is you've got more fishermen, you know, yeah, there. So it's already tough. Plus, it's more populated with with anglers. So uh, that you makes guys it, got you guys have way more lakes as well too. Well, we so here in Indiana, we're populated with a lot of little tiny things, li mm -hmm. little lakes and ponds. I mean, our biggest lake is Lake Monroe, and that's that's tiny compared to most, you know, most states, their biggest lake. So we've only got two really good sized ones, and then everything else is, is, is pretty dinky. Um, yeah. But uh, there, there's good fishing to be found anywhere, for sure. Let's try and get But... Yeah, uh, Wachita was was something else, man. <laughs> I think right, that's Clint. probably. I think that's why you don't have a repeat FLW champ now because they do it. They do a good job of testing people. <laughs> they do, oh, yeah. and they I, do. I like it. I like that. Me too. So we got a, a few more questions here for you. I like to ask this uh, question to, to everybody. Uh, uh, you just caught a fish. Uh, run through your routine of measuring that fish and get it, getting it uh, submitted to the leaderboard. Okay. Um, I got a big fray bill net, you know, big rubber fray bill. And mm -hmm. so I will uh, usually go ahead and unhook the fish and then set that back over the edge of the boat and hold it with my either one hand or leg or both to keep the fish, you know, at least – can't always get them totally submerged, but at least keep keep their gills in the water. Mm -hmm. And I keep my phone right at my left chest, so uh, I'll get the board get the board where I want it, you know, across in the floorboard of the boat, and 
get my identifier out, lay it there, and then get my phone out and lay it right here in the seat of the kayak. And once I've got all that and got the camera turned on, then I'll bring the fish up out of the water, uh, lip him, and go to lay him on the board. And I have found that a uh, little trick I'm doing here lately, and it works pretty good. Because I like to get no hands pictures. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of no hands. I just oh. don't like it. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah, like to manipulate I, I the tail. I don't like, you know, possibility of a finger in the gill. So if I can get a no hands picture, I'm gonna get it. So I'll take uh, phone in left hand with, you know, can do the camera. I'll lay the fish on the board with two hands. It's like lip, and then I've got him grip pretty hard around the tail you know mm-hmm. i don't I remember the, the exact name for that part of the tail but i've got a death grip on that part of the tail i release his mouth keep the tail because that's where he that's what he flops with mm-hmm. uh, and flop off the board pick the phone up and then i slide him down the board until the bump board closes his mouth and i'm kind of holding his tail up and pushing him down against it and then i Drop his tail, snap a picture. Okay. I get something. You know, I may not get the best yeah. picture of him because as soon as I drop that tail, he may flop. But I'm, you know, I've got my leg there, and I've usually got my net set up to block that side of the boat if he does flop. Um, so I do it like I do it like that, and they they say stay pretty dang calm. You would be amazed how much calmer a fish will stay. It, number one, if you can keep him in the water, don't have him mm-hmm. out of water a long time because the longer you keep him out of the water. Just like us, think about us. I mean, if somebody's choking you or you're drowning, the longer that's going on, the harder you're going to fight for your life. That's all, that's, all, that's what those fish are doing when they're flopping on your board. You know, Makes when they're a lot of sense. It's an idiot. I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. So give them, right. give them a drink of water. Try again. But uh, I've noticed that not putting a hand on them at all, like I've seen some people, you know, just mashing the fire out of them. There again, if somebody comes in my house mashing on me, I'm going to fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I do the, you know, slide them down, close the mouth, let the gravity close the mouth, drop the tail, and take the picture. And uh, I, I've, had, I've had good luck with it. I just figured that out this past year. And uh, it works pretty, pretty dang good. I have to try that. I'm still yeah, in the, uh, yeah, I'm still in the uh, testing phases, I guess, of it. So, I don't really have my routine routine down quite a bit, so yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll try that, give it a shot. Well, I mean, they're they're a wild animal like anything else. So I mean, you know, if you get all, you know, like I said, that mashing part really that, that that'll make them go crazy. Yeah, you got you to think of them and treat them like a wild animal. Yeah, makes sense. Um, for this next one, uh, I uh, I get, I'll ask you. I don't I don't really want to put you on the spot, but uh. Do you have any kind of like crazy story or funny story that's ever happened to you while on the water? I know, I know that's like, I kind of threw it in there, but. <laughs> crazy or funny story. <laughs> I have a friend here that has a bunch of them because it seems like that kind of stuff always happens to him every time he goes fishing. Um, <laughs> I think I've been pretty lucky I'm trying to think of something. Any boat flips, accidental swims? Uh, knock on wood, I have yet to flip a fishing kayak uh, 
I, I bailed out of one one time in current because it was going over, but I have, I have yet to actually flip one. Um, what you got, Kill? You got anything? <laughs> Sam? Uh, no, I, I've got plenty, but we'll, uh, we'll save those for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, my first, I've been pretty I'll lucky. It, I haven't had a bunch of crazy stuff happen to me, I don't think. I'll put it this way. My first uh, my first six, seven months in the kayak, or even more than that, yeah, about six, seven months in the kayak went pretty smoothly. I lost a bunch of big fish at first because I, I was trying to boat flip them like I was in a bass boat still, you know? Um, so I lost a bunch. Of, I got some cool stories about that. And then... Uh, and then everything went real smooth for a long time. And then, uh, you know, it got a little crazy this year, a little wild and crazy. So, yeah, I've got some stories, but we'll uh, we'll keep those on the DL for now. There's no doubt. you got to keep your head on a swivel because it's ski boats. I mean, oh, yeah. I think yeah, you got to watch out for them. you got to yeah, keep, oh, yeah, keep, keep a flag on your boat and watch out for them. Yeah, they may or may safe. not be watching out for you. <laughs> for sure. So, uh, you got any uh, other tournaments you're looking forward to this year? I haven't even got to look at the championship schedule. Uh, I know there's some championships coming up that I'm qualified for. I don't know if my work schedule is going to allow them or not, but I've got to I got to sit down and look at those schedules. Um, this was the one, you know, this is this is what I was looking at and shooting for. So, uh, um, Definitely, I'm already looking forward to the national championship on Gunnersville. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm qualified for that, and I'm ready for that one. It's going to be a good. You started one. pre-fishing for that? Yeah. No. no. It's going to be. It's going to be a. Yeah, it's going to be a slobber knocker though. I What's pre-fished that? for it this past, this past April in that trip, and I pre-fished for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel pretty good about it. So let's talk a little bit about next season, right? So you are now the first ever FLW cup champion. Right. And there's a lot that comes with that. Um, and you know, you're just starting to get into motion, all that, right? Like the, the podcasts and the articles, but that's, that's going to continue as long as you want it to continue. You're going to be pretty, pretty busy with that stuff. But then comes the expectation and the question, what's, what's he going to do next year? You know? So, Maybe you haven't even had time to think about that, or maybe you had already thought about it, but for the listeners here, kind of what's going through your mind? You know, we've got this pro tour. We're not exactly sure what that's going to look like just yet, but we know it's going to, it's going to be there. It's going to be different. We know we're going to have some additional FLW events. We know we're going to have another cup. So kind of like, what are you thinking for next year? You know, are you going to go, are you going to go hard at it or, or is it going to be something else? Um, the buzz this past weekend was um, FLW loves this. The fans are yep. eating up the kayak stuff. They're super excited about it. They want to go all in and make it a pro tour. Uh, yep. I hope I don't get scolded for this, but I've heard there's going to be uh, six events next year. Um three standalone KBF and then three more FLW KBF, every one of them $500 mm-hmm. fee. Uh, yeah. 
that's not written in stone, but that's what I'm right. And that's me. If that, if you know, when that happens, that'll be my focus. Okay, that's awesome. That'll be that'll be all I do. Right. That that alone says something about the sport growing, man. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it's exciting times. Yeah, it whatever it's gonna be, it's gonna be big because you know, I mean, Chad's been working on it all year. FLW. I mean, they didn't just do these two events this year just to. That'll be it, right? Like it's it's oh, gonna yeah. grow. So yeah, this yeah, is like, the, this is the tip of the iceberg. Right. Yeah. Right. This, so this, that's exciting. Uh, um, you know, we were joking around after uh, that first championship, and you could kind of feel it in the you know the, the electricity out there and and you know, the atmosphere, like. Uh, I think I posted something about bass fishing because glitter rocket fishermen need heroes too. Because what we do ain't what we do ain't easy. Like I told one of those guys in that first interview out there, he's like, compare kayak fishing and bass fishing. I'm like it's work, son. <laughs> like yeah. if you want to go somewhere, because I don't motor, and I, uh, if you want to paddle or pedal somewhere in 110 degree heat, that's work. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. Uh, it's a different world. But yeah, yeah so the, the people, the fans ate it up. FLW is eating it up. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. So you got anything else over there, Sam? Or you want to wrap this up? Man, I don't, you know, I know this guy's exhausted and I know his, uh, he's been talking his butt off for a week now almost. So yeah. I say we let this man get back to his family, get some rest and, uh, you know, we got we'll, suppers uh, to never waiting. <laughs> yeah, all right, so get over there, eat your Feels good, man, too. and I, I look forward to seeing you out there uh, next year on the tour, and I appreciate you talking with us tonight. I'll let Brad close us out here. Yeah, man, we, we uh, really, really appreciate you coming on and uh, talking about the whole uh, experience you had. So uh, if you got any uh, sponsors or anything you'd like to shout out, now it's time to do it. Yeah, well, thank you all for having me on. I uh, appreciate the opportunity. And uh, uh, Nikonu Kayaks. Uh, Bender Branches Paddles, um, Net Bait, uh, Omega Custom Tackle, and Powell Rods. Uh, those are my main ones. And uh, yep. Awesome, oh, man. Fish to Man Kayak Fishing. Check out Fisher to Man Kayak Fishing on Facebook, the group page, and then watch for the tournament series to be growing next year. Awesome. That's it. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, like I said, we appreciate you coming on, man. You, you definitely gained a fan in me for sure. So I'll be following you on Facebook and everything. So uh, last thing we have here is uh, sponsor shout-outs for the podcast. Um, oops. Uh, you can find our website at paddleandfin.com. Uh, send all questions at, uh, to paddleandfin at gmail.com. Uh, we, we are on uh, social media, Instagram, as paddleandfin. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, sponsor shout outs to Rocktown uh, Paddle Sports in Illinois, Loveland Canoe and Kayak in Ohio, Hammered Lures. They have a recycled plastics program uh, where you can uh, ship all your uh, used uh, soft plastic baits to Eric Richards at Hammered Lures. He'll melt those down and uh, donate them to Heroes on the Water. Uh, Coyote Sunglasses, Fish Mob Lures, Southern Lake Company, and uh, Mayo Kayak Anglers. And with that, uh, we'll end it here and tight lines and smooth paddling.
Thank you.